Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Evolve with Jess podcast. Obviously, your homegirl Jessica. Now, I have a guest here that will be helping us in this issue masculinity. I personally like it when men get to show that masculine self, like that rigid self, because I grew up seeing that a lot and I feel like that is the ideal masculinity i mean if you're not aggressive if you're not showing off if you're not trying to be you know you're not manly and you don't you don't you don't really matter <laughs> but um growing up and shedding off mindset and ideologies that are not really good and they are not just ideal right i just had to learn that oh this is not what it is there is something that i'm not that I don't really know. So I am really glad to share this topic with someone that will be helping us in today's show. And my guest is David Henry. Hi, David. Hello, Jessica. You know, why are you just saying something about mm. you liking those people with those masculine traits? I was yeah. a bit tense because this is me. <laughs> and I'm going to share my story. You like people who are who have this masculine trait, and unfortunately, the the person you have on your studio is about to reveal his vulnerability. So I was actually, thinking, what will people say about me? How would they look at me? What would be the judgment? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. That's very funny, chat. <laughs> well, it, it, it's good now. I mean, sometimes men should just be given the chance to just be themselves because. The pressure, I know pressure is coming from every corner, right? But um, if I am a man or if I was a man, I would, I wouldn't allow myself to be pressured in this life that I am. <laughs> I wouldn't allow myself to be pressured because naturally as a man or what um, the society demands from you is to be this and that and that. And now putting more pressure on yourself, it's it's overwhelming i would i'm saying this thing not because women are not pressured to try to do something or be something like that but man you guys are trying sha kudos really been anticipating about it and i really want to say something about it because even me i've really noticed it like this whole concept of being a man and you know it really drives many people crazy so i really look up to this topic Mm, I know. Well, not every man would like to talk about this toxic masculinity stuff. I think that some people don't even know that they are toxic. So men don't mm. know that they what they portray outside is toxic, or the way they think, or the way society conditioned them to behave is actually toxic. And it's mm. just very important for us to, um, for everybody to know what what exactly what what we mean by this particular action or this way of life or this thing is toxic right yeah you know you know from my own perspective the way i see it you know i look at it that um, it depends on how you you were brought up it it starts from the background the way you were brought up it really affects our mentality you know there are some people who grew up in homes where they they see their fathers or their elder brothers or people around them, you know, as yeah. being superior. So they grow up with that mentality that them also need to be superior. You get the point. 
So it's yeah. I, I think it's from the background. Yeah, yeah, definitely it's from the background. Sometimes they it's just as if you've grown up to believe that um there is no other country in this world except Nigeria, right? If yeah. you're like there's something called the allegory of the cave. I don't know if you've heard about it, where Plato talked about um, the perception of people is not basically from a general point of view. It's just what they see, and they mm-hmm. only tend to um, define reality based on their own perception, based on what they see. So I'm not saying that those people who get to portray these toxic traits are to be blamed because they don't know that this actually this is actually toxic. They just feel like okay, this is the norm, and I just have to, you know, just do it i just have to flow with it but it's really mm. toxic and it's not good mm. because when something is toxic means that it affects the person and it affects people around that person so i think that makes it toxic right yeah sure it does because okay okay let's just take an instance of uh, let me say you you saying something about about the talk let's just take an instance of uh, uh a methylated spirit you know when you just get injured at that particular time, the injury is still fresh. When you take that methylated spirit, pour it on that injury, you can you can imagine the the reaction of that methylated spirit. You can imagine the the pains it it will cause. You understand what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So so when we talk about toxic, if you if you want to relate it this way, I think with this like with this little example now, I think some people will come to you know get the concept of this toxic stuff so it's something that really hurts i i got your point when you said anything toxic hurt the person in particular and hurt the next person also i got that part and it's true because i remember vividly when i needed to attend something and uh i really needed that at that particular time and i didn't have enough time it was something that was urgent and I needed to attend to it, but based on the fact that I I was proud, let me use that word, I was proud and I, I don't want to look vulnerable. I missed that particular event. I'll just share a quick story. I don't know if you mind me sharing a quick story. You can share your story. That's what we do, yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> there is this, my friend. Uh, we grew up together. We were very close and I really needed to go to somewhere. I, I don't want to mention the name of the place because it's something that hurt me each time I remember it. Okay. So I really needed to be, you know, in this occasion. I really needed to be there. But when I looked at what I had, it wasn't enough. The the transportation wasn't enough and it was something that was outside the state. So how do I get this? I decided to back on, on some of my male colleagues. And most of them were like, you know, bro, we don't have this. I don't have this money right now. You know, I've not been paid. So all those kind of stuff. I was, I felt so bad though. I felt very, very bad. And I quickly remembered this, my own friend. I quickly remembered her and I wanted to go meet her because I knew very well that if I had met her, she would have given me this money. But at the point of me going to meet her, a thought just crept into my mind. What the hell are you trying to do? Like, are you going to stoop so low to go collect money from a lady? Oh no, this not you. It's not you. You don't have to do that. Okay, if you collect this money from this lady, how is she going to rate you? How is she going to look at you? You are a man for crying out loud. 
You need to provide your own need. Immediately that thought came into my mind. That was it. The whole idea of me going to her, collect some money from her just died off. That was how I missed that stuff. And today, it really hurt me. I'm, I'm really exaggerating this to, to tell you how it really pains me when I remember how I would have, you know, you know, go past this. Now it's all a mistake. I, I, I call it a mistake. Now it's all a mistake. So this toxic of a thing has got into so many of us that instead of doing the right thing, when we know that this actually is the right thing, we decide to do what we think is the right thing. I need to emphasize on this stuff. There is a difference between what I know is the right thing and also what I think is the right thing. Okay? Are, are you getting the point? Yeah, I'm slowing it here. So, there was a lady that was murdered recently. You know, it was as in she was killed by her husband. You know, those kind of stuff. Mm. And I was just in a place and people were like, this man, you know, what he did was very bad. But I, I, I walked up to them, I told them something. You don't have to blame this man. You know, you don't have to blame this man. You know why? Because this man did what he thought was right for him. But the woman failed to do what she knew. You get the point. So what we think is always different from what we know. What you know is your own personal experience. But what you think, I, just, I, I could just call it an imagination. So that is it. So this toxic of a thing has really getting into us that we forget about what we know and decide to flow with what we think. So that's just my own, the way I view this toxic of a thing. Mm. I'm trying to get my hands into this whole what you think and what you know, but it's, it's kind of complex, but I think I got what you're saying. And it makes so much sense to me now because... Sometimes it's it's not the fault of the people, it's what they were conditioned to believe that this is actually the right thing. So what would you define what what would you define masculinity as? Because I feel that masculinity and toxic masculinity are way different things. I mean, being a man, being masculine is not toxic in itself. You can't say that, okay, you're masculine, definitely you're toxic. No, it has to be that there is something that you are doing that, that is affecting you, like I said, or affecting the people around you. So what would you define toxic masculinity to be? Mm, that's a really, really interesting question. You know, if I should define toxic masculinity from my own point of view, Toxic masculinity is the, should I call it the over-exaggerated thought of many people. Let me bring it up. Toxic masculinity, to me, is the wrong definition. Let me use this word. It's the wrong definition of what the main concept of masculinity is. Mm. Toxic masculinity is the negative aspect of masculinity. Yeah. So that's it in a nutshell. Toxic masculinity is the negative aspect of masculinity what the main concept of masculinity is i don't know if you get the point yeah, i got the point because yeah it's another aspect of uh, masculinity just like the subset of this masculine behavior and um i think it it shows in harmful behavior or destructive behavior you know all the stuff that is that is not really cool for the person and for other people. So let me just go straight to other another question. Are there types of masculinity? 
because when we say that toxic masculinity is this, masculinity is that, are there types of masculinity that you think, you know, should know? Yeah, of course, we, there, there are types of masculinity. Basically, we have four major types of masculinity, which number one, we have the hegemonic masculinity. We also have the complicit masculinity. We have the marginalized masculinity and the subordinate masculinity. I will take that again so that you will be able to understand really want you each to point. Again. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we have um, hegemonic masculinity. That's the number one. And then number two, we have the complicit masculinity. Number three, we have the marginalized masculinity. And the last, we have the subordinate masculinity. I don't know if you get it. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm going to break this down. You know, the hegemonic masculinity, to me, I see it as the, the father of it all. Mm. The father of it all. To me, I define it as a natural masculinity, the hegemony. If you, someone might be curious to ask, why do you see hegemonic masculinity as something that is natural? It is the dominant form of masculinity within a society, specifically heterosexual, middle-class, white men. Hegemonic masculinity, you know, it, there's this celebrated ideology of it that it's, it's mostly in the Western culture. Yeah, it's mostly in the Western culture that this uh, uh, hegemonic masculinity, you know, takes place where we have the the middle class, we have the uh, white men, we have the you know people who are influential in the the the, the state, and we have the heterosexuals. Hegemonic masculinity deals with people that has strength, physical strength. When we talk about strength, physical strength, and suppressing their emotion, you know, this is the hegemonic masculinity. It is natural. I think what we are going to do today is uh, talking about just hegemonic and complicit because the both of them are like, let me say, uh, and son trying to be like father. Yeah, the two of them. So we are mainly going to talk about them. You know, going down to the complicit masculinity, it's not completely like the hegemonic. It doesn't have, have all the attributes like the hegemonic, but it tries. It tries to be like the hegemony. It does not include all of the qualities, but it wants to be like, it wants to challenge, it wants to fit in. There are some people who naturally are born with muscles. Let me use this example. There are some people that are naturally born with muscles. I don't know if you have come across somebody like that, like a child that you've seen that naturally is born with muscles. I don't know if you have come across somebody like that. Sense of some of them. Yeah, there are some people who are naturally born with muscles, but some people, you know, don't they don't have muscles, okay? They don't have, but because of this wanting to be like this person that was born with muscles, I will decide to go and register myself in a gym mm. in order for my muscles to come out. So this complicit is the complete opposite of hegemonic. They try to be like. They strive to be like, and they really want to look like the hegemonic. Most people have analyzed it and have come to realize that the complicit, most of the people who try this complicit masculinity, while they strive to achieve this idea, they all fail. Most of them, they failed. And when we talk about the subordinate masculinity, it is a form of masculinity in which 
a person lacks many of the qualities of hegemonic masculinity while also expressing qualities opposite hegemonic masculinity. I don't know if you get the point. Let me take this again. Uh-huh. In this subordinate masculinity, hmm, the person lacks all of the qualities of hegemonic masculinity. Let me just take an example. Many people, we I don't know if you've come across, let me also ask you this. I don't know if you've come across anybody who acts like he, a, any man who acts like uh, a female. I don't know if you've come across such person. Do you mean um, based on character or based on temperament? Like being emotional? Not or... temperament, based on characters. Okay, yeah, of, of course, I've come across a lot of them. That is it. When we talk about the subordinate masculinity, this set of people, these people that behave like female, like I had a friend who most times he would just decide to tie up all throughout the day. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what used to make him, you know, behave like that, but he would decide to tie. He, he acts like a lady, his voice, everything, his character, everything is completely like a lady. So when we talk about subordinate masculinity, this set of people are classified under subordinate masculinity. They are not in any way, you know, hegemonious, if I would say, there's a word like that. They are not in any way hegemonious or, or being heterosexual. When we say heterosexual, what do we mean by heterosexual? Those qualities that makes you attractive like a man you know i'm a man i need to have muscles i need to be so dark all this kind of stuff you know those stuff so those qualities are not in them so when you see people like this what first comes into your mind is that this set of humans are subordinate masculine persons they are subordinate in masculinity when we talk about the marginalized you know i've talked about the hegemonic which i said they are natural if i will say from my own point of view the hegemonic they are natural, they don't imitate, they are just there. And I talked about the complicit, which I said, they strive to be like the hegemony. They try to imitate the hegemony. That's the complicit masculinity. Yeah. And now I've just finished talking about the subordinate masculinity, which I said, uh, there are this set of people who act, you know, completely opposite what hegemonic uh, characters do. Okay, so now we are going to marginalize masculinity. You know, when we talk about marginalized masculinity, it is a form of masculinity that is unable to conform to or derive from hegemonic masculinity. I don't know if you get the point. Yeah. Marginalized masculinity might refer to a lack of some of the characters of hegemonic masculinity, like being disabled or non-white. Yeah. Also, you know, I like sharing examples and telling stories when I do stuff like this. You know, let's just flip back to those days when uh, our colonial masters were ruling us. You can just imagine that mentality of you not being a white, that shows that you're not intelligent, you're not smart, you're just dull. You get the point? Yeah. And also this uh, mentality of this disabled human being. You don't have legs. What do you think you'll be able to produce? You're of no use to the to the society, so there is nothing we can use it for. Just stay aside. So when we talk about marginalized, this set of people, the non-white and people that are disabled, they are under the marginalized masculinity. Yeah. This set of people are under the marginalized masculinity. So I don't know if you, if I'm making any sense. I don't know if you're getting the point. So you're making sense. I'm getting it. I'm flowing with you. <laughs> That's it. Okay. 
Wow. I just learned something right now. In fact, I've been learning a lot from what you've said. I think all of these types of masculinity have their own issues. Even the agomonic, masculinity, complicit. Was it is it complicit or what? What did you what did you call it? Complicit. Okay, complicit and subordinate and marginalized. I I just think that it's it actually takes self-consciousness to know which particular type of masculinity you fall into. Because, like I said, masculinity itself is not a problem, it's not something that is it's not toxic in itself. But toxic masculinity could just portray as emotional detachment. You mentioned something like trying to suppress your vulnerability, trying to bring out that ego in you and trying to feel like, okay, I'm a man, definitely, definitely I can't be going out to borrow money from a woman. But you can actually go borrow money from your man. So um, <laughs> what do you think your own type of, like what you did then, where does it fall under? <laughs> I will call it a complicit masculinity because I was trying to be like a man. I was trying to be hegemonious. I don't know if there's a word like that. I was trying to be hegemonious. I was trying to, you know, uh, display the hegemonic masculinity. Yeah. Okay. Okay. But actually, what I portrayed then, it was totally complicit. It was a complicit masculinity because that wasn't me. It was just something I strive to be. Like, I, I mentioned something of not wanting to look vulnerable, wanting to look like a man. So I had this mentality that for you to look like a man, you don't have to make yourself vulnerable. So I was striving to be uh, a harmonious type. So that's it. Mm. <laughs> Funny. Now, this talk of masculinity <laughs> is driven by this overwhelmed fear of emasculation, the fear of being perceived by others as feminine, as um, weak or unmanly. And then you just try to act in, let's say, you, you try to act as though you are, you are a man, suppressing that emotion, suppressing that vulner vulnerable part of you that is just naturally human tendencies, right? And this emotional, I mean, toxic masculinity is just like, men pretending to be strong whereas they are weak men pretending to be confident whereas they are insecure men pretending to um not feel a thing whereas they are hurting just putting off a show and it's it's crazy because um i i got i i saw a story or oh, sorry i read a story where a man was really finding it hard to express himself he really likes to show what he feels he really likes to show his emotions but he only does that where he's in um, a secret place or something like that. So he doesn't show it out. And um, when I got to, when I kept reading the story, I realized that that man was the most vulnerable man you can ever think of. Like he's very vulnerable, he's very soft and sweet, but he would never portray that part of him on the outside. He would always want to pretend to be strong in order for other people to perceive him as manly. He would never want to, you know, show that sweet, weak part of him that makes him a, a, a human being. I want to also ask, based on this story, is that is there a problem with... Okay, let me just ask it based on your own personal point of view. Do you have a problem with public display of affection? I don't get you. Come again. Okay, what what do you think about public display of affection? Because it also is, is in alignment with a man trying to act 
act as though okay. he doesn't feel okay. stuff, like trying to detach his emotions. Right? What do you think about public display of affection? But is it is it related to toxic masculinity or just um personal stuff that people don't like to show off, or you think that it's based on societal pressure or what society defines as manly? What do you think about from my own point of view because this question is really tactical i will relate it to myself directly i don't think it's related to toxic masculinity just imagine the fact that you feel like um let me say you you get punished or something really hurts you just imagine that fact of crying you know i don't think it's something toxic okay let me let me give an instance now for example, you you are in a location. You are if somebody just walk up to you and like, who invited you here? Please kindly leave. Just leave. Just leave. I don't I don't want you in this place. I don't know who invited. How did you even get in here? You know that moment you feel really bad. But what will make it really embarrassing is when you start crying. So <laughs> it's so it's personal to me. To me, it's personal. I don't think it's related to toxic or it's how we view it there are some people who cannot even as men who cannot control their emotion okay let me use an instance also because i usually use a lot of instances to to comprehend things a guy i remember back then when i was in secondary school i attended all this public school where senior students walk into your class and ask everybody to kneel down call out the guys and there is this girl you've been eyeing in that class i'm just telling you it's a personal stuff it's not something related to toxic okay there is this girl you've been eyeing in that class and the senior student i'll call you first come out and now that girl is there and that senior student tell you so and he starts flogging you start flogging to you do you think or do you feel you want to cry don't you think you are bringing yourself down that even if you walk up to the girl or that lady you admire you should not even give you a face so i think it's personal okay i don't know if you get the point <laughs> <laughs> yeah i i do get the point i i do get the point i'm not saying that <laughs> i'm not saying that you should always get to cry when you feel emotional and that actually portrays as um not being toxic i'm not saying that you should just go out crying you know i'm not also saying that you should not express emotion. Now, I think that toxic masculinity, based on your last um, example, um, what is so wrong in crying? I mean, you were a secondary school student. <laughs> you were a secondary school student for crying out loud. So the, the society <laughs> also got you at that point because it, the, the society tells you that okay, this girl is actually looking at me. She's, you know, I'm, I'm. <laughs> I this girl, so I don't have to. I can't. I can't cry. I mean, this girl would think I am this, I am that, I'm weak, and all of that. And personally, honestly, personally, that was how I was. Um, that was how my mindset was formed. I personally don't like men who show emotion. I I see them as though they are so weak. I see them as though they are very fickle, and I just I don't just get to appreciate that whenever a man tends to express himself, not try to be um, intimidating, not try to suppress his emotion or detach his emotion or suppress his feeling, I get to see that as a as the real man. Now, the other man who is very 
not very emotional, but who shows his emotion, who is not afraid to show his vulnerability, who is not afraid to show his emotions, right? Who doesn't think that there are some certain things that he has to do in order for him to prove that he is manly? I get to, I don't like those kind of persons and I don't like to have them around me. I just feel that they are not real. I mean, they don't make sense to me. But when I got to really understand what this toxic masculinity is about, I feel that if men, if men would um, let themselves, they would tell you that they don't like to suppress some emotions. They would tell you that they don't like to be confined in this definition of masculinity. They would tell you that they really want to express themselves. They really want to say some certain things. They don't want people to see them in this way because that is not who they really are in the in, in, in the secret place. I mean, I'm not saying, like, I don't want you to think that I'm saying that all men should cry when they feel emotional or when they when they come across embarrassing situations. No, I'm just saying that there are some, situ there are some situations that put you on the spotlight and you're just going to, you know, control your emotion because you are a human being and you have control over your emotions. But there are some critical things that makes you a, a human being and trying to suppress those things I think it's, it all boils down to personal assessment, trying to know the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Now, if you are doing something and you feel that this is opposite to who I am, or if you're doing something and you feel that, okay, this is not what I would want to do, but I think the reason why I'm doing this is because the society defines it as right. But personally, I don't feel happy doing this. I don't feel myself. I don't feel this is the, the, my kind of person and I don't really feel good about this. So I, I just think it, it all boils down to being conscious of yourself and knowing the reason why, knowing your motive, what, what drives you to do what you do, what drives you to be aggressive, what drives you to feel intimidated, what drives you, what drives you to feel, to go violent, what drives you to, you know, show some hyper competitiveness and all of that. And I just, a personal thing that I think that in order for you to know that you are not being um, subjected to societal definition of masculinity, then it will make you know the reason why you do what you do and not being confined to the definition of societal um, masculinity stuff, definition of masculinity based on the societal terms. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, I'm getting you. I'm flowing. All right. So another question I want to ask is... Um, all these things that we've been saying, toxic, not toxic, homogenic, or complicit, subordinate, marginalized, and all that, what are the causes of this toxic masculinity? Because some people really know that, okay, what they are doing is not, not they don't like the society pressuring them to do or act in a certain way. So what are the causes of this toxic masculinity? Mm, first of all, the number one of things is... Uh, uh, peer pressure, peer pressure. We have peer pressure. We have a, a you know a societal status which I call like striving for material things, and we have a, a also a, the ego, like the pride of a man. You know, we have that. We also have. Um, I'll I'll break this one by one, and we also ha we have a lot of them. Let me start from the first one, which I mentioned. Um, I mentioned peer pressure. Yeah. There are some people who grew up in a Christian home, who were taught in church, you don't have to smoke, smokers are liable to die young, all those kind of stuff, you know. Yeah. But the moment they find themselves among some people, 
this set of people will be like, look at you, you are a man. Come on. This is just something that you don't have to overlook like a bad thing, okay? It's not a sin. You just need to take it one time. It clears off your head. You know, when you, 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 are, you are heartbroken, instead of you to cry, just take this cigarette, light it up, smoke it, and then you're fine. So come on, just do this. The first day you may be like, uh, no, I don't have to do it. I know it's really wrong. I don't have to smoke. That's it. Then the next time they keep telling you this is not bad. You have to you have to be a man. Okay, how do you think you can you know face up you know this situation? How do you think you can go through this? You don't you don't have to kill yourself. Just take this and chill. One day, two days, three days, the fourth day, sure you won't know how it will happen. The next thing you find yourself smoking. Yeah. So peer pressure is one of the most one of the most important causes of this toxic masculinity peer pressure societal pressure family pressure okay i need to talk about that jesus christ you just <laughs> got into my head family pressure i need to talk about that you are the head of the family this family you are the head of this family if you don't provide money for these children if you don't provide money for these kids you know that pressure that there, there is let me let me bring it to myself there is this pressure i get in me when someone is trying to force me to do something though i know this is my own responsibility i need to do this but the moment you force me different thoughts different thoughts you know begin to come into my head that is when you see men becoming aggressive that's why we have the uh, the aggressive types that's when you see men being becoming aggressive so family pressure also is one of the most important you know, causes of this toxic material we are talking about. And I did talk about um, ego. Somehow it's related to the first one, which I said peer pressure. How will my friends look at me when I cry in front of a lady that broke up with me? No, now, guys don't cry. Guys, it is the lady who, it is the ladies who, like, do the crying. We, we just compose ourselves, compose ourselves and walk away. Guys don't cry. Why should I cry in front of a lady? Ah, <laughs> this is my ego, you know. What? How will my friends look at me? I don't need to cry in front of this lady. Meanwhile, deep down inside of you, you will die. And you know, this aggressive thing, it, it, it's just like the whole theme of this, um, if I would say, of this toxic masculinity. Yeah, it's the whole thing. And before you know, at that point where you're like trying to, I'm the man, I don't need to cry. No, it will be. There is a point where it will get. Somebody will try to tell you, hey, bro, go and get that thing. The next thing you will, guys, stop all this nonsense. Now, what you did, you, you start becoming aggressive. Instead of you to cry and ease yourself that pain and take away that pain from your mind, you, you hold it all together for me not to be uh, a weakling, for me to be the man. It, it all boils down to this aggressiveness, okay? This uh, uh, peer pressure, of family pressure, societal pressure, and the ego mentioned, they are all causes of masculinity, uh, toxic masculinity. We also talked about, I, I also uh, mentioned uh, financial stuff like that. Just take an instance, a popular singer, let me just say Drake, you know, the American yeah. singer. Drake just walks in, in a, in a place, and um, as he, 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 he walks into that place, uh, people start 
telling him, you know, hailing him. And I've been in that place, though my class is not as high as his. But the moment he steps in, people start like applauding him, hailing him, and trying to, you know, and that that moment, I'll be like, what is it about this guy? I'm I'm sharing all this from my own personal experience, from my own point of view. I don't know. I'll be like, what is this? What is it about this guy that is making people to take him up like a god? You know, I I, I will be curious to know. <laughs> and the next thing, that is why I mentioned complicit masculinity. The next thing, I I will try, I will strive to be like him. Yeah. I will strive to be like him. It will, if it would take me to go home and uh, 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 withdraw the money in my account, get new clothes, take away all my old stuff, buy new perf and all those stuff to come and influence people, I want to do it. Not knowing that it's affecting the next person, probably my younger ones who really needed that money for, let me say, school fee or something. I, I indirectly do that, not knowing it's hurting them. And to myself too, I don't know, not knowing that it's also hurting me. Because when, when I'm not cleared from everything, I'll come to realize that, oh, this money I was supposed to use it for the school fee of this boy. I will start striving again to lose. So I won't know that I'm hurting myself. That is why the, the complicit masculinity, the, at, at the end part, I did say something, that every man, most of the men, let me not say every, because some of them achieved it, most of the men, why striving to be like the hegemonic masculinity? They all fail. So I will, I will want to be like this guy. At that moment, I will not know that I'm becoming toxic indirectly, most times directly. I will forget the fact that I'm becoming toxic. Okay, if I get the idea that this guy, the reason why people are following him is because he doesn't cry in public, I will be like, okay, even if, even if the worst comes to the worst, I will never cry in public. Deep down in me, it's hurting me. It's toxic. It's weighing you down. But because of that concept, because of that mentality that you need not to cry. You need to be like this guy. You need to be influential. You will not want to cry. So financial, you know, uh, should I call it pressure also, is one of the causes of this toxic masculinity. I don't know if I'm making any sense. Of course you are. Flowing. So those are my, my, my own point of view, the way I say it. Mm. Oh, that's, that's really interesting. Well, I really want to point out something you said based on a man providing I think, or not just I think, I know that men are naturally um, providers. They grow up having this mindset that they are providers. And not just, I don't think that is actually toxic. Because even if you have a father in your house, and you've gotten to the point of, you are now an adult, right? And you, even if you have a father who provides for your needs in the house, and probably you have sisters or you're just the first son there's this natural instinct that comes up and tells you that hey you are supposed to provide and whenever you're doing something you're not just doing it for yourself you're thinking about other people although you might have a father who provides for you but there is this natural instinct that tells you hey you are a provider because one day you're going to get married one day you're going to have children even if your 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 wife is the most richest woman in the world you will still have to provide because you are a man. I don't think that is actually toxic, but when it becomes toxic is when 
you are being pressured to to um have a certain amount of money because it's not it's not about i personally think that it's not about making millions it's about being comfortable but when someone when people try to pressure you to get a car to get this house to get the latest stuffs, you know trying to pressure you to make money to provide in order for you to look in a certain way in order for you to in order for people to perceive you as rich in as much as you are comfortable right so i don't know if i'm making sense but what i'm trying to say basically is that providing is not a toxic um masculinity stuff it's just a natural thing but when the society pressures you to look like drake or look like whiskey or dress like whiskey or you have to have this amount of money for you to be seen for you to be perceived as manly or as something that i don't really understand then it becomes toxic but i don't think providing is actually toxic what do you think mm, providing is not actually toxic most of the time the way the pressure comes it makes you sometimes become hot that you don't think straight so that's just it Mm. <laughs> and I wanted to say something pertaining to this providing stuff, but <laughs> I don't want this to be more than one hour or so. But let's just go straight to the final part. What are the ways to undoing this toxic masculinity stuff? Like what? what? Okay, ways of undoing this ma uh, toxic masculinity. One, know your worth. The number two, set boundaries. I'll just mention three, okay? And the number three, be careful of the people around you. When you know your worth, you will not want to be like the next person. You will not want to look like the next person. Mm. When you set boundaries, you will not want to strive above that boundaries. And the number three, when you understand who you are, you will not want to be another person. Okay? Mm. So you have to know your worth. You have to set boundaries and you have to be contented. So those are my final words. On the show, those are the ways you can undo this toxic masculinity. First of all, understand that you are toxic. If you don't understand that fact, it will never work out. Just understand that you are toxic. Know your work. Go to a therapist. You can be listening. It. If you are listening to this, you can be listening. It. Go to a therapist and also be conscious of you regaining your healthy masculinity. So those are the, the points I want to say. Oh, wow. David, this, all you've just said is so amazing. Although there are some things that you, there are some things you pointed out that I'm like, okay, this, David has been influenced by this cultural definition of masculinity <laughs> and all, but I understand. I think it all boils down, like you said, it all boils down to being conscious. If you're conscious of yourself, you know the reason why you do the things you do. You know where the influence is coming from. And you know if you want to um, be influenced or if you don't want to be influenced. So consciousness is very key. It helps you to do these whole things you've mentioned. I am so grateful that you um, accept my invitation to come on this show. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for all that you've said so far. I have learned a lot of things and I believe that my listeners as well are learning or have learned. And if you think that you want to know more about this whole toxic masculinity or you want to, you know, come on board and talk about this whole thing, if you have an idea of what toxic masculinity is about, you can just um, message me. We have a, I have a platform 
actually a social media platform, right? Evolve with Jace is now on Instagram. You can just follow me and, you know, just drop your comments and drop your views, whatever it is, your reviews, your feedback, whatever it is, just drop it there. I am always, always available to listen. So um, this is what I call it a wrap on today's show. I am so, so, so grateful that you had to listen to this point. It will also mean a lot if you get to share this podcast, if you get to subscribe to my podcast. It will mean so much to me beyond your imagination. Yes. So do well to subscribe, do well to share this podcast. Until I come your way next week, stay blessed, stay anchored, and peace out.